When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of River City 93. I'm your host, as always, Elliot Barr. Joining me on this side with three goals scored, another red card uh, shown against FC Tucson in Richmond, and a sweep. It's Madison Air. How are you guys doing? Going good. Top of the league good, even. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. It feels it feels good. Um, I know, like when me and Shadir were leaving the game, I, the Greenville and Chattanooga game hadn't started yet because, of course, there would be a two-hour lightning delay on the game that we were all waiting to see what would happen. And I know I got home around like eleven because I went to go back hang out with my family, and of course, Greenville got kicked in the teeth. Um, six goals scored in that game, none scored by Greenville even though the game ended 5-1 Chattanooga. So that was excellent on our part because now we are top of the table, like you said, Matt. (laughs) I couldn't believe it, to be honest with you. I could not believe that Chattanooga spanked them 5-1 like that. I was like, (gasps) I was like, am I dreaming? Did they get something wrong? Did they they, they put my mess up? (laughs) Like, what the (laughs) – Chattanooga will randomly drop a big number on the team every now and then, and this is the second time in a month that Greenville's you know shipped five, you know, so it just yeah. happened to coincide this time. But oh, uh, and it happened at the perfect time for us. Yeah, well, let's just hope we have a better result than the last time they tipped in five because when they did that and they played us, they beat us. So let's hope for uh, better results, better results. But guys, um, we have a lot, a lot to talk about. We have the Noco game. Um, that happened midweek last week. We have this game. We also got a preview of another game. And then we got, what, an Emmy documentary to talk about. We got this AFC Richmond thing to talk about. There's a lot going on with the Richmond Kickers. It's good things, though. It's good things. All good things. In a positive moment that we got to talk about. Um, where should we start off first? Let's. I should probably suggest we probably start off with the NOCO game. one nothing. Typical Richmond performance on the road, Matt. A little shaky at first. Found a wonder goal and got out of there with probably a thievery. Maybe, yeah, a little bit. I think that's fair to say. I think it was a controlled effort. Uh, The post came in our favor a couple times there in each half. Uh, But you know what? Good fortune comes to those who deserve it a lot of times. And... uh, you know, the team had a you know a couple bad breaks on the road, you know, recently. You know, think about you know Fuego started to earn back a little bit of uh, 
you know, favor from uh, the soccer gods in North Carolina, it's, you know, carried forward a little bit. So you know, I really do believe a lot of times, you know, in the big picture, you know, the results end up where they're probably supposed to, maybe not game to game, but long-term and yeah, figures, you know, got out of, uh, you know, a little tiny, you know, rinky dink, uh, you know, high school place with three points. You were there at the game, man. Like how, how was it? Like what, <laughs> what did this feel look like? Because watching it live, it just looked like this was like one of those created high schools they just put like in the middle of a field. It was like, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I haven't gone back and fully watched the game, but you know, I don't know how well you could see in the background, especially in the first half with all the sun uh, you know, right there. Cause I couldn't you know, see anything you know, from the sidelines unless I had my you know, hand over uh, you know, my eyes shielding everything for the most of the first half. But uh Either of y'all watch Arrested Development? Yeah. Yeah. Like, there were communities back there that just looked like they would be, you know, model home communities from the Bluth Company. Oh. <laughs> I'm starting to get the vibe now that NoCo is probably owned by the Bluth Company. It's just all a shell for some devious plan that's not going to work out. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing else, you know, near that place. Like, nothing. Yeah, like, I, mean, I mean, I'm thinking, like, I know I'm older than you all, but uh, you know, oh yeah, you, you, I know you grew up in in town. You know how like you know, back in the '90s and everything, the world kind of ended at Woodlake. Yeah, and you you, know, you would never think to go past there because why would Pretty you ever need to? I live near there now, and I don't think about going past there. But but there's stuff past there now. Like Cosby is a thing out there, and you know, yeah, there's yeah, really yeah. stuff. Yeah, there, you got right? yeah. The Mosley is building up. They're almost almost reached to Amelia now. Yeah, uh, this rem- that reminded me of like you know mid late nineties, like past Woodlake you know type of you know stuff out there. AKA not a damn thing. Yeah, not a damn thing. East but, yeah, East the stadium Bumble. itself just looked like any generic high school stadium. Uh, bathroom facilities were nice, nice in the city stadium. I'll give them that. Okay, yeah, but... okay. But I mean, the field looked like it was at a high school that literally every outdoor sport uses that field. That's not true. They had a nice like, softball stadium, baseball stadium right there, too. I, I swear, I think, I, okay, so if I can't remember correctly, I think they had lines. I mean, the amount of lines soccer. that were out there, <laughs> I think they had lines lacrosse, soccer, field lacrosse. hockey. I think I might even see Quidditch lines. I'm not sure. It was a lot. Of that. <laughs> there were definitely field hockey lines out there too. Like there was everything. Because there was one moment I think Arthur um, picked up the ball, and I was like, "He's out of bounds." I was like, "Oh no, those are the field hockey lines. Those are field hockey." <laughs> yeah. Talking about Noko real quick. Um, I, I can't remember the name of the striker for them, Cara? but. I think he he should uh-huh. at least have four goals on us. Who you said there? Was it Trevor? Trevor Amon? I think so. He should have scored like four times. And I don't know what was going on, but he could not finish. I'm glad he could not finish. But I, I swear, like three of those games were like point blank. He could not get it past the camera at all. Who is, by the way, who has six saves in this game. Like, 
that was the old school. We haven't seen that so much this year. We had a year pass of like a Karen or just had to just save us. But it's nice to know we're still there in that bag. You feel me? Yeah, it's nice to know yeah. he still got it in his locker. You know. <laughs> yeah, it was it was good to see. Um, yeah, I got that. I got a couple posts. Uh, you know, Dakota cleared one off the line. Team effort. Right. And in real time, I almost, like, I think I probably almost threw the real control across the room while Dakota was trying to save that one in the second half. Going back and watching the replay, I was like, oh, okay. Dakota was in control the whole time. But in real time, I was very nervous, very scared. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> <laughs> in real time, I was very nervous and very scared. But the moment that we have not talked about yet is Emiliano Chizago, Chizagi, Chizago, whatever that, um, pretty much taking a, a Hail Mary shot from like what, 30, 40 yards out? I think it was near the 30 or 40 yard line. Yeah, it's from the 30 yard line to 40 yards out because the goal line was at the back of the end zone. Yeah. So if Tajagi ever decided he wanted to be a field goal kicker, uh, we know he can do it. Pretty much catches Noko's goalkeeper off his line. And even the re- the replay doesn't show where the Noko goalkeeper's at, but it had to be I, really I bad. saw where he was. I saw when when the was. when he comes into frame, he is scrambling across his goal line. I mean, well, not across his goal line, but across his box. I don't know where he was, but he was way where he's not supposed to be. Um, when you saw that shot come in, it's like I, I think he did not expect – first, he probably didn't expect Terzaghi to get to the ball first, and he didn't expect Terzaghi to one-time it. Um, and he, so I don't think he even bothered to set himself – you know, because as a goalkeeper, you know, your rule number one, as someone is moving into your half with the ball, an opponent is moving into your half with the ball – you move laterally to cut off the angle of the ball to the center of the goal. So I think he had a moment of, a, a moment of laziness where he felt, ah, he's not going to get to the ball, so I don't need to shift over to make sure that I, my body is between the ball and the center of the goal. So he was way out to the right, and I think that's what Terzaghi saw. I think as he's running towards the ball, Terzaghi looks up. He sees this goalkeeper is hopelessly out of position, and he says, why not? And he just hits it, and it's on frame. Anywhere on frame, the goalkeeper wasn't going to get to it because he was so far off his line. Yeah. We finally had one of those games that I've always talked about where, like, we don't seem like we're supposed to win, but, like, by magic, we do, and we walk out of it. I called it one of the greatest – Thefts in USL League One this year, because just looking at this game, I, I'm gonna be honest. With you. We weren't supposed to win that. It, at least it was supposed to be a draw, at least. But like you said, Matt, it I'm, it worked out. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, I was a little upset that it's not did not happen at home because <laughs> how many times do we hear people in the Red Army talk about some keepers out? That would have been a perfect keepers out moment. <laughs> it would have been. It would have been. It would have been. Um, but, uh, yeah, I do want to say that kickers easily could have probably had three on the board in that yeah. game too. You know, because in the first half, uh, you know, EVD, uh, not really a homecoming because he never played in that field before because they change fields seemingly <laughs> every week. 
Uh, but you know, he, you know, threaded the needle, you know, uh, through the uh, no, no co defense, and Emmy just missed it, you know, oh, yeah, uh, early on there. And then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, second half, you know, uh, I think it was Zaka that was able to break free and, uh, you know, just missed connecting with uh, either Emmy or Bentley, you know, crashing into the far post. So it's, it's not like it was full on, you know, bunker and hope for forever. Yeah, no. Nah. But it was nice to have one of those moments. You're like, not only do you get a clean sheet, you score one to go. You're like, yeah, we got that one. <laughs> we walked away with that one. And uh, carry on with another thing we've talked about earlier this year. Uh, our boy Matt Bentley got completely jobbed you know, by the league. They didn't give him an assist on that. Which is crazy because he had, like he played the perfect pass. Like he, ah, he should have had an assist. Right, because it takes a little tiny deflection. Come on. Right, right. Which yeah, is, the, uh, I'm a little upset about that as well. That's the second but time I mean, it's, it's, done that to us. I mean, they do that to us all the time. They really <laughs> do that to us all the time. Well, we close out that game. Um, also, before we talk about the game that happened literally 24 hours ago, um, let's talk about this film that Richmond's doing. Uh, they're working with – I can't remember all the people. I know it was like Visit RVA – uh, a couple of other people, but pretty much they're trying to get, from what I gather from the video, they either are trying to get AFC Richmond to come to Richmond more friendly, or they're using AFC Richmond to get an English team to come to Richmond. Did you guys watch it? I watched I didn't yeah, take it. I, okay. I wasn't sure what, what where where they were coming from with that. Yeah, I, I took it as you know, they're trying to you know hop on the Ted Lasso you know, train and get you know, the cast here, whether to you know do a spot you know physically in Richmond. Something else. I mean, it's not a real team, so they're clearly not going to play friendly or anything. Uh, but I think it's you know they're they're either filming the last season or uh, just finished up filming, and you're know, trying to maybe you know, for when it drops, you know, get them over you know, here and you know, be able to do something up at that point. That's why I took all of that. Yeah. I think when I when I talked to Nate, um, he kind of mentioned like, "Oh, we're trying to work with them, but like, we're trying to pretty much just spread awareness." I guess that if there's any possibility of a friendly, it would probably be during that World Cup where you know a lot of these English teams will be losing their players and stuff like that, and they may be looking for friendlies and stuff. So it was cool to see. Um, <laughs> a little bit too late on the train, I would say, but better that late than never. It does look cool to see. Um, I know a lot of Richmond Kickers fans. I saw we saw all shit there. We saw like two or three AFC Richmond jerseys in the crowd. I know Paul. Yeah, had one. And there was yeah Paul definitely had one. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I walked out, I, Paul was like, "You see where I got this jersey?" I was like, "Paul, where you get that from?" He was like, "China, bought it from China." I was like, okay, Paul. Glad he got here in time. Glad he got here in time. Um, but talking about that game, man, FC Tucson coming in, <coughs> who were at what the bottom of the table, or that they were at the bottom of the table, uh, been still there for are. a while, yeah, still are, still are. Yeah. Um, I can't talk about the first five minutes because, of course, I missed the first five minutes because I was uh walking in late. First five but, minutes, you didn't miss yeah, too much, yeah. you know, kickers in possession pretty much the entire time, but no real. Danger. Yeah, there we go. As always. Um, but man, it was first and foremost, it's good to see Jonathan Bolaños back. 
didn't mm-hmm. start, but on the bench. That's a good thing. Um, but also another good thing you see is lineup. It is looking like it's starting to form. It is looking like it's starting to gel. Real quick, let's talk about the role of EBD, how he's looking to come to this format. Because now is coming in. This is his fourth game so far. Mm-hmm. If I remember right. How is he yeah. looking during these four, this four game run so far? I think he's getting more and more comfortable each game. Yeah. Uh, which yeah, I mean logically makes sense. You know, you come in, you know, right at the start of a back and forth, back and forth, you know, trip. Uh so he probably hasn't had a lot of time to actually train with the team yet, you know, and actually put in a whole week's worth of game planning. It's been more of a plug and go sort of scenario. Uh but yeah, I've talked about this in some of the other times. Yeah, I think he brings a different dynamic you know, to the team because he's you're gonna play that uh you know, kind of winger position a lot more like uh, a midfielder. And I think it's allowed Darren to, you know, an attack, we're still going for, you know, four, three, three, but, you know, in defense, it's turned a little bit more into four, four, two, you know, style. And he's a lot more willing to drop back, you know, do you know, some of the uh, you know, dirty work on defense. Uh, he uses his size, you know, his size pretty decently uh, you know, in there as well. So it's, you know, changed things up a little bit, not drastically, but enough. Yeah, really much so. And I think that really showed on the first goal because on Friday when I talked to Darren and we talked about EVD, he kind of mentioned of how he's kind of like a, a tucked in forward. Like he gives he gives this team the ability to, like you said, go four four two, go four four three three. But in his role specifically, is a lot Darren than what we noticed. Yeah, what we noticed out of Palanios of. Belonios loves to stretch the field, but he's a lot more vertical. He loves to have his feet on the touchline, where EVD is a lot more. He'll come inside. He'll combine a lot with Neil, and that gives Neil the ability to go kind of more outside and kind of like interchangeable and whatnot. Um, and I I think we saw the best of that against in this FC Tucson game. Now, the way how this game started was not the greatest, <laughs> given that <clears throat> we allowed Tucson to score first. And going back and looking at this goal, I gotta say, one, uh, I love Ethan, but he gotta get the, he gotta go in the weight room. Homeboy got tossed. Yeah, he gotta he gotta hit the gym. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's, we're coming up on American football season. It, you know, made me think of uh you know the high school freshman going out, you know, in, in trials and just running into the uh senior who's got <laughs> D one offers. Yo, I, <laughs> and the thing is, what makes it hilarious is like you can see, you can see Ethan going in with like good intentions, and it's like as soon as you bleed, he's just on the floor and like just laying there. It's like, oh, that's not good. And I, I, I want to ask him, like, yo, did anyone joke with you about that afterwards? Like, yo, we we got to put you on the way. You got bodied. <laughs> it won't good. It won't good. Um. But the way how this goal happened was like, and me, me and Matt, <clears throat> we were just watching before we started recording about like, pretty much Perez like when he squared up to Jalen, like he just cr- he cuts and cr- he cuts in front of Jalen, and it's Matt Bentley who's trailing him. And I, from what I can tell, I think it's Bentley that touches the ball, like kind of just toe pokes it, and which mm-hmm. is not bad. Like he made a defensive play on it, but when he toe pokes it, it kind of just like slow balls to Colextro. And where he's at and where Karen position is at, it's just it's a good goal. It's no amount of defenders gonna save it. 
nobody did anything wrong. It's just one of those goals where it's like you got to tip your hat to it and be like, yo, you you did a good one there. Yeah, he had a couple yards uh, you know, inside the box, was able to you know, curl it in the top corner. It, unfortunately, it's going to happen from time to time. Yeah, it, it is. It is going to happen from time to time. And it's one of those modes where you're just like, now, I will say this. <clears throat> I thought I panicked bad at games. Shanir. <laughs> Shanir was already going into crisis mode by this point. It was just like, yo, I can't do this, man. Like, why is it every time we play against a team like this at the bottom of the table, they find some way how to beat us? And I'm like, Shanir, relax. It's too solid. Like, it's like that old saying of, like, with Sir Alex Ferguson, I guess Man United was losing to Spurs, and he would be like, guys, it's Spurs. They're going to Lads, it's Spurs. That was a halftime talk. That was a halftime talk. Lads, it's Spurs. And they go out and crush them. Yep. <laughs> like, yo, I mean, for me, for me, what, what, <laughs> um, for me, what, for me, what, um, what worried me the most was that once they, once the ball went back in the middle and we started playing again, Tucson went from basically having three in the back to having five in the back. And that kind of scared me. Yeah. It felt like they were going to be parking the bus and yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to have to, to deal with a game of literally Kickers running into a brick wall for an entire half of a half and an entire other half. Yeah, but I, like I told you last night, like I think the thing that we've seen different out of this Richard team than teams of the past is one when they're on the break, they they now have the ability to they're not relying just on Chizagi to finish. You know, they have other people to to pretty much be creative, but to be also pull player, players apart. You saw that a lot during this game. Because, like, the first goal that Rich was scoring, like, I, what was it? Who Zaga, Zaga passes it over to Neil. And, and this is the thing that I love the most about Neil is, like, Neil might have pop up on the score sheet all the time, but he will definitely change a game, you know. And he knows when and how to lay, like, all these perfect passes. Lays the ball off to Stu, and I think we all could agree Stu did not have the best defensive game by far. Offensively, he played out of his mind, but defensively, it was not the best game. Um, but he like drills like a bullet ball to EVD, and Shadir from where we were standing from, the curve of this ball from EVD was it was beautiful. <laughs> it's probably one of the prettiest goals I've ever seen scored. And Shanir is mute once again. Folks, if you would like to donate to the Shanir Wi-Fi connection, uh, you can do so at River City 93 pod page. We'll leave a link in the description. You, you can help us. Uh, get Shanir better Wi-Fi for those who live in the county. <laughs> Absolutely. Better Wi-Fi, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the, the goal score by itself was really good. Um, it was happy, too. Oh, it was, like, it was magnificent, yes. Yeah. Um, were you about to say something to my bad? I didn't mean to cut you off. Did we lose it here again? Oh my god. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I didn't I didn't catch what you said. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say, did you want to talk about the goal a little bit? 
Yeah. Um, the ball, the strange thing is the curve on the ball from EVD was the same as the curve on the ball from Tucson, except just on the crazy, just seeing how on the ground he can get the ball to literally curl around the diving goalkeeper right on the, to the inside of the post. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and honestly, that goal probably came at the best moment right before halftime because it felt as if like, if what it felt like is right before halftime, me and Shadir was talking, we were just like, Maybe like the 40 40 first, but you're like, all right, we going down, going into halftime, down a goal. Like, does Derek change anything? Does he keep things going? Because it felt like Richard was in it, it did feel like they were out of the game. It just felt like they needed a spark. And then you have the EVD goal. And it was like, all right, that's the spark they needed. They're good now. Come out in the second half. And I'm not going to lie, it, it didn't feel like Tucson Challenge. But they had, I would say, probably the biggest moment of the game that changed everything was the miss at the 50th minute by Colexro. That was like six, that's six yards, six feet outside of goal. And when he missed that, it was like you could just see Tucson players' heads just like, huh, here we go. <laughs> it gives hope to the rest of us because I'm very confident I can also miss that shot. It <laughs> Right, it, it's like I don't know, man. It's like on FIFA. It, it felt very like a FIFA-ish moment where it was like you do all this work and you miss the goal by like millimeters. And I don't know, man. It was like we're I, I was dumbfounded that he missed it because I swore I was like, oh, when he nutmeg Jalen and the carry was on the floor, I was like, oh, he gonna chip this is gonna be in the back of that, and it's two one, Tucson. And in my head, I'm already thinking, like, that, right, who do, we, do we bring Belongos in now? Do we make subs? Like, what, 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 what do we do? And he missed it. When I, <laughs> <They're> like, Grabby <laughs> was like, he missed. I was like, how did he miss that? What I I was trying to figure out what what happened. Because as the ball rolling towards the net, I'm expecting to see the back of the net bulge. And it goes right past the goal and hits the advertising boards behind the goal. And I was like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. Was he it, further wide than I thought he was? Like, what, are my angles wrong or what? Like, I couldn't believe it. I was standing there like, what just happened? He just missed. And then literally, probably less than five minutes later, you have Matt Bentley making a gut buster where he made a good cross into Josiah who runs across the face of goal scores and to be honest with you yo it's like i don't know what it is but it's like tucson defenders was just like oh if he's ready to cross goal maybe one of us should pick him up but i'm a bet nah he's he's not gonna get there what they just saw the you know evidence that if you shoot from inside in the six yard box you don't score so they figured they're good right right probably was just like ah he's not gonna do this like it, it doesn't matter that much it is and it's crazy, yo. It's like that's the thing. If he does the best, we're like, I think I talked about it the week before, or maybe another time. But like, he makes those like parallel runs in between defenders where you can lose track of him very easily. He'll just peel off one and get himself into position, like in the six yard box where he could just get a foot onto it and just score easily. You feel me? 
Yeah, I've, I've, I, he's very good at a lot of things, but I'd say his best skill is just being able to find the right space at the right time. Yeah. And being able to see where that ball is you know, to be coming and uh, you know, finding a way to beat the defender you know, to it by even just half a step. He doesn't need a lot of space, just enough to get a toe on it to redirect it. Yeah, very much so. Like, very, like, all right, I'm just going to make this little darter run here. And the thing about it, too, is, like, Bentley, Neil, but like, everyone kind of knows where to get the ball to to utilize his IUD best in that certain space. Yeah, they definitely seem to trust that, you know, he'll be able to get there. Yeah, that's the thing. And by that point, it's 2-1, and I'm feeling as if, like, all right, we good now. Like, I want another goal just to ensure it. Like, and we got that other goal. Another goal, Bajas, he gets the brace. Um, pretty much, I'm trying to, like, a carbon copy of the third goal? Could I, of the second goal, can I kind of say that? Another goal right across the face? Similar in nature. Like, I would, not, a little bit different, like, how it, you know, came about. But, you know, the, the style, like, if you just look at, you know, the, the finish, it looks pretty similar. Like you said, it's carbon copied. Yeah, and this one time it comes from Stu, who attacking wise in the game, he was brilliant. Um, he did really well. I think what was it? I think two or three times he got past that defender on that left side. Yeah, he had multiple instances where he was able to you know, swing across into the box, and sometimes it was just you know a little bit behind uh, the runners where there wasn't a trail runner uh, in there. Uh, but he was. He was doing what he wanted to, you know, down that left flank in the second half. Yeah, it, it just seemed as if like he was very comfortable in his own of like, I know I can, I, I know I can beat him. Like it was very different than what the Noco game that we talked yeah, I mean, about. It, where, it almost felt less like I know I can beat him and more like I know I will beat him. Yeah, that's what, it. Felt yeah. like that. Like I don't have to worry about, I don't have to worry about defense. Like I can just put all my effort in attacking and. Once I get the ball in space and I get him with my first step, I know like I got him. Like I'm I'm by him. And that's that was good to see. And also, once again, I will say it again, it feels very good to have fullbacks that attack. I'm just putting that out there for a former fullback that used to play for us. Wow. <laughs> Not letting that go, are you? No, I'm not. Wow. I don't understand how you play a full year and not offer anything attacking-wise. <laughs> I will not let that stand go. That is still mind-numbing to me. <laughs> um, But, yeah, at that point, it's 3-1. And then we have the absolutely crazy moment of uh, – who was it? I can't remember the, the guy. He was 14. Literally, the, the funny Francis thing Garcia. is – Oh, yeah, yeah. The funny thing is, I think Richard took a photo of the guy literally before he got subbed in, but he's, like, behind the Red Army, like, giving the thumbs up, stuff like that. And then for him to be the same guy that had the red card, it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> But pretty much the play was a ball can cross up. A carrot goes for it, and he just runs. He, he pretty much clears out of clear, and the carrot gets flipped. And next thing I know, here's Jalen. Well, Jalen's on the floor, but Ani goes in here like the, a bouncer, like a club bouncer, and pretty much like clears everyone out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, this team has a lot of guys 
on it who you probably wouldn't want to you know mess with if uh, you're on the ground and they're coming for you. Yeah, no, no, not at all. But it, like, I'll, nice guys off the field, but on the field, there's some guys with a mean streak. Oh yeah, yeah. But also, like, uh, it's a good thing to see. And I'm not even saying we haven't had this because we've had some great center backs uh, in this club's history. But it's good to see like the center back duo is not going to let anyone mess with a care. Like, you know, yeah. That is that's rule. That is rule number one. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, that that is rule number one of of being a center back. Don't ever let anybody get away with touching your goalie. Never let anybody get away with touching your goalie. If somebody puts their hands on your goalie, knocks them over, you let them know that if it happens again, they might be seeing black. <laughs> so, like, it, it's it's just like rule number one of goalie of of uh, center backs. Right, and I think the other thing too is like I mentioned. This, <clears throat> I mentioned this in Shanir. We can all be for certain Akira is, is a generous five uh, ten, maybe five nine without the cleats on. Yeah, I said that if Akira was six one, he didn't have to worry about getting cleared out like that. You know, I, I mean, I think that. normally, but well, yeah, I mean, at, at this point. In the game, you know, Tucson was rattled. They were, oh yeah, they were, know, they're they're losing some composure. So I don't think, you know, being a smaller keeper versus a bigger keeper that would have made a huge difference. No, oh intended. no, 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 it wouldn't have made a huge difference. It was just like a nice point that I just wanted to throw out there. Like, you know, if he's six one, he didn't have to worry about getting flipped. Now I will say this: he got flipped. Like it was almost Ethan Levin, Ethan Bryant levels of bad. The way how you get flipped out there, you're just catching unnecessary strays right there. He is, which oh, let me mention this as well, yo. So, me and Shadir had like a five minute conversation during the game because I call him, I was like, Ethan, and like, I know who I'm talking, I'm talking about, Ethan Vandercourt Decker. And Shadir was like, No, Ethan didn't score, like, he did not score. I was like, Shadir, Ethan did score, like, EBD scored. And he was like, No, he didn't. It was uh, it was Vandercorn Decker. I was like, that's what I'm talking about, Ethan. So, you know, like we're just miscommunicating about which Ethan did what, and finally caught up with us. Shanir, uh, this is why you need better Wi-Fi so these jokes work. I love Shanir. Um, just sounds like a you know wacky sitcom uh, plot right there. It does. It does. And it was hilarious because I was like, Ethan. And he was like, no, you talking about Vandergaard Decker? I was like, no, Brian. He was like, oh, hell. So, yeah, he, he actually – so that was a little bit funny. But I think the best thing is, like, going to put a nice bow tie on this game. Oh, before we close, I want to mention this as well about this game. If there's any positive take out of this game, and there are a lot of positive, but I think there's a moment where I want to say the last five minutes or so, if you look at the attacking play of this team about how uh, Luke Luke Pavone had a chance to go, Stephen Payne had a chance to go, Leo, Leo Bima had a chance, uh, Bolaños, it lets you know, like, one, the tenacity didn't drop, but also, like, this team, like, this team is very different than teams in the past, you know? Because I think all of us probably would have expected at some moment, like, 
all right, Rich is going to sit back in. Like, we're not probably going to attack as much. But to see, like, that four-minute stretch where I, I want the moment where Luke scores. I, I know that happened. you're desperate for it. I am. I, I I want him to score. I want him to score. But he almost scored. Um, Belanios almost scored. He just places it wide. And his stretch of uh, goals, and, goals and assists contributing to the match. Um yeah, like pain almost again, but like that moment stretch, Matt. To me, by, by is a really positive by moment takeaway. Huh? By my only missed by about an inch, but I, I know what you're saying though, because like from about eighty to ninety, it did look like a game where both teams were just like, okay, this is the result, we're good. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's eleven v ten, it's three to one, just play it out, and then you know, there's that last wave of subs came in, and they're like, nah, I kind of want mine. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I kind of want my name on the board. And out of all of it, man, I will say this, tactically-wise, I know it's not really too much to take from it, but it was interesting to see Payne play up top. I know he was just just to get some runs in and things like that, but it was interesting to see. It was interesting to see Leo kind of play center forward. Um, I'm trying to think. Was anyone else interested? There was one interesting sub, and I think it's a sub that we're going to see happen a lot more often, maybe in that trio of center backs where Zaka came off um, and Andy came on, but Andy went to center back and Dakota moved to CDM. I think that's an interesting sub because we can see that kind of happening more throughout the season. As, um, yeah, that, less that definitely does seem, yeah, that definitely does seem like a, a very logical substitution to make, especially if you're going to make a couple switches after the subs. Um, because Dakota did come in and I think the plan was to have him playing as a CDM, basically playing as Zaka's understudy. Um, so him playing at center back came about due to injuries. So just bringing him back into that uh, CDM position, it, it just makes sense. Yeah. But I mean, even looking back at the, the NOCO game, I mean, if you look at that lineup, at, you know, that was on the field by the end of it, you had, you know, Chris Cole basically playing, uh, you know, left wing. You had, you know, Ani in there, you know, in the you know, uh, central midfield, you know, for a little bit. You know, Payne came on late to help you know, lock things up. I, you know, I think, I think at one point, literally every defender on the roster was actually on the field together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, that was cool to see. You can get the um, yeah. capability to lock it down if they need to. Yeah. And another point to mention, just to, so we can finish move past this game, but Darren mentioned this week of how, like, Richmond and Tucson have the two smallest budgets in USL League One. That's not hard to believe. Like, you know, given what some teams are playing for players, like, Union Omaha just bought in uh, Corey Hotzik, which, by the way, I, I am calling tampering just because of the way how these social media posts came out. Like, Union Omaha was like, I mean, not Union Omaha. Uh, Hoffer Athletic was like, oh, yeah, we released him. And literally, like, 20 minutes later, Yu Yama was like, yeah, we bought Corey, and he's here, and he's going to play. And I'm just like, tampering. It's right there. Like, <laughs> it's there. Um, yeah, that was, that, was, that, that was weird. That was weird. I was like, what? Yeah, what? You, you see this stuff all the time, though. Yeah, no, you do. But, like, it's not hard to believe that Richmond and Tucson have the two smallest budgets, given what like some of these other USL League One teams roster that the you know people that pull it from. I think that speaks to the ability of how Dare is able to take this roster and mature it 
they bring in not in only a really good starting 11, but also quality depth. But also it talks the way how Tucson had constructed their roster and just how, I don't want to say weak, Yes, but you it's do. kind of like the parallels in between the two rosters. At the, I would say at the moment, like it's just the oh, roster building. I mean, really I mean, when you look at it, it's like literally the two, the team, the two teams with the smallest budget in the whole league are first and last. So, yeah. which kind of um, gives gives voice to the idea that money isn't exactly all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you you see teams that have a lot of money and they're not and kickers don't have a lot of money, but we've used it smartly um, and and kind of played the long game. Uh, Darren has kind of played the long game in terms of ever since he he took the position, and now you we're kind of seeing this season. I think we're kind of fully seeing the image of the team that Darren has been trying to build to to a certain extent. Because, again, one of the lowest budgets in the league, yet we're first. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's I mean, constantly talked about it being a three-year uh, yeah. process. Yeah, that's what I was just about to make. Yeah, he's kept talking about, like, it's a three-year process of building a good culture. And, um, and he's done that. You know, he's improved his team. I mean, look at where this team was. What was it? 2019, 2020? In the conversations we were having, you know – Bigelow just getting let go, and we're like the only player on this team that we – I think Shadir at the time, we were like the only player on the team that should stay is probably uh, Joey G. And, I mean, he eventually moves on to Real Monarchs. But, like, the roster wasn't built good. It wasn't a good roster build at the time. And there were a lot of questions about what's going on in the front office, what's going on at the stadium, what's going on with the team. And now we're kind of maturing this roster off in the year three. And granted, there's still 10, 10 games left to go, and a lot can change within those 10 games. But it's just how this team is now and how positive things are at this moment. It's good to see, you know? Yeah, and EVD was you know, commenting on some of that uh, in the postgame you know, interviews, you know, talking about how, you know, coming in the locker room, everybody, you know, gets along, everybody, you know, really you know, supports each other. And that's not, the you know, the same thing he's seen in other you know, places where, you know, guys, you know, would, Make it very publicly known if they didn't like somebody else on the team, and you know they wouldn't they wouldn't care about that. So you know, he spoke really positively about you know uh, you know just the feel of the locker room, the feel of the atmosphere. Yeah, and I mean that that's a good thing. That <clears throat> a good thing as well is that I mean Darren has really built towards of we even we even seen changes within this team throughout this the season where I think one of the biggest things that we all talked about was like. <clears throat> you can't over rely on Tazaki like we've done in years past, and we haven't seen him. But that granted, Tazaki has still got his goals. This man is always going to get double digit goals, regardless. But it's good to see like Darren himself grow as a coach as well. It's just like tactically and man manager wise, you know, the growth in, in him was just see. Um, and I <laughs> I threw this question out there to Shanae Samal actually as well. Um Ten games left. Darren's top of the table. Is it too early to talk about Darren as a as coach of the year? Uh, I don't think it's you know too early to consider. I think it's going to be competitive, yeah. uh, you know, because you look at some of the other options. Uh, yeah, got, oh, what's his name? 
uh, Cameron down in you know, Tormenta. I got to think that if they stay you know, near the top, he's going to be heavily considered. I think that's mm-hmm. his name, right? Yeah, Ian Cameron is one. Yeah, okay. um, you uh, still got Harks down in Greenville. Right. If, you know, if Madison you know, does something with their games in hand, we know the league loves to give Madison awards for any reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're the teacher's pet. <laughs> yeah. I, if Fuego gets in, do you think he, he's a possible candidate? First-year head coach? I mean, he's got to be a first-year head coach because – Clearly, but uh, I don't know. I, I think that one would be tough because I think there's a decent amount of expectation for them coming in. So I don't think just sneaking in would probably be enough for them. Char- I, well, Charlotte's coach, I, I can't remember his name right now, but I think he might be in there as well, given the expectations were at the beginning of the year, getting into the playoffs. Yeah, but I don't think there's enough hype around Charlotte right now. Like, even though they're you know right around the playoff line, I think part of it is you got to have you know hype, whether – Valid or invalid hype. True. You'd know, be able okay. to actually consider for these awards. Well, real quick, if we could, let's let's talk about it this way. Ten games left of this season, and I think let's see if I do the math right. One, two, three, four. Four of those are at home, <laughs> six on the road. What would it take for Darren to solidify Coach of the Year honors? I know it's not something he really cares about, but let's just in this magical world. Ten games left, four in a row, six on a six on a row, four at home. What would it take for Darren to solidify Coach of the Year honors? That's a tough one because it's tough because six, I think a lot of it depends on what happens with other teams too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Generally, I mean, if, if we were to just look at, yeah, I was going to say if we were to just look at what the kickers do, um, I would say that if. Darren is able to get points, at least some 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 points out of four of the six away games, and get points out of all four of the home games. Then you're looking at a, a solid uh, a solid shot. Um, and when I say points, I don't mean three points out of all. I like, I don't say oh we got to win four out of the six away games and all four home games. I mean I'd I'd love that, uh, but um, to literally get points out of either a win or a draw from at least four of the six away games and be undefeated at home for the rest of the season would put him definitely very, very deep in the conversation. Yeah. I think if we're looking at it from like a number perspective, I say, if, you know, you set a target of uh, 50 points. So that'd be mm-hmm. 16 points out of the last you know, 10 games, not unreasonable you know, by any means, but I think that would, uh, should put the team in a you know, position for, at the very least, a first-round buy, uh, and be good to go. You, know, you look back to last year's standings. Uh, Omaha, you know, won the league with fifty-one, and granted, two fewer games uh, you know, played, but you know, Greenville was second with forty-five. So, fifty seems like it should be a safe number to you know, get you know, first or second. And I, I think he's got the team's got to finish first or second if he's actually going to win the award. Yeah, I, I agree yeah. with that. I think. Finishing first or second is the target of is the target if you want to get coach of the year. I think first and foremost, we know how Darren is. It's going to be clinch that playoff spot. And I think the next target box is let's clinch second, then clinch first, and then get go from there. Um before we talk about the road, before we talk about the rest of the schedule and whatnot, um, real quick, let's talk about Trizagi. 
three goals last two games. He's back into the golden boot race. He actually leads it right now. Um, safe to say Grant McLaughlin is kind of falling off. I don't think he's going in the last six. Yeah, he's still um, an eight, yeah. Yeah, Lakovets um, hasn't – if memory serves, I don't think he's scored since us. No, I think he scored last week to get to 11. Okay. Um, But right now, if you had to put a percentage on it, well, let me do it like this. I think we're all betting man here in some sense. If I gave you a hundred dollars mm-hmm. out of that one hundred dollars, how much are you willing to put on Terzaghi winning the Golden Boot? If you're paying for it, I'll pay a hundred on it. I don't care. <laughs> I'm putting, yeah, I'm putting, I'm putting a hundred on that because oh, I mean, yeah. and it, it was, it was, it was interesting because I, you, I, I kind of brought it up when he scored the second goal yesterday. Um. We had talked about it, I think, last week about how um, we wanted to see Terzaghi scoring again, and we felt that if if he's able to get a goal, once he's able to get a goal, I think the floodgates are going to open. And we saw that with the goal against uh, Noko on Tuesday leads him into dropping two yesterday. I think the floodgates have opened where he is going to put some distance between him and the rest of the of the contenders for Golden Boot. Um, now the, the one thing that I do think is he might not get because of some of his moments of, of, of kind of anonymity and absence, he might not get MVP, but I think he has a really good on chance of getting, uh, the golden boot. Well, the way how this league goes is if you win golden boot nine times out of 10, you're going to win MVP. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, I, th- I think for uh, I can make I'll try to make the counter argument, you know, against him just to balance out yeah. everything. Uh, so right now it seems like it's Terzaghi or Lopovitz most likely, you know, because mm-hmm. there's a decent guy. I mean, yeah, you could see a guy like Galindrez maybe you know catching fire and you know, moving off the table a little bit, but uh, if we're just working off the idea that it's these two. Uh, all the good things that we've been saying about the team, you know, so far this year about you know, being able to find goals from different places, you know, different perspectives, comes back, you know, to bite, you know, Emmy in this you know, scenario because you got to imagine you know, we're going to find Bentley getting you know a couple more goals this year. You got to imagine EVD will probably find another goal or two this year. Neil will probably pop up again. I'm sure another a center back will pop up again at some point. Uh, and Labovitz is a lot more central. You know, to Greenville's attack, uh, you know, a little bit more like Emmy was for us in previous years. You know, so I think that could be, you know, something that you know, might play against Emmy is just, you know, the balance that uh, this team has in the attack. And the other piece of it is, I wouldn't be shocked if he, you know, picks up a yellow card suspension at some point because I think he's on seven. I don't know if he's gotten one of those rescinded yet for good behavior at some point, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up having to sit a game because of yellows. And that might take away one more opportunity for him to be able to actually uh, get a goal. Yeah, true. And on the flip mm-hmm. side of that, another player we talked about who came back um, <laughs> came back in this game, Jonathan Bolaños. Uh, I think right now still leads the league in assists. No, mm-hmm. he just got surpassed by Arthur Rogers last night, but he's tied on seven. Um, out of that mythical one hundred dollars, Matt, that I gave you guys, do you think Bolaños can? lead get back and lead the league in assists or do you think 
it's kind of might be too too tough of a kill to climb right now. I think it's very possible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it's very possible. I, I agree with you, Matt. It, it, I don't think it's 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 a it's too tough of a hill for him to climb because I think um one of the concerns that I had was oh when when Bolaños comes back is he going to be in the same um you know is he going to be in the same in the same shape that he was when he left and it seems from what I saw of him uh, when he came on yesterday it's it's like he's it's, it's business as usual for him. And I, I think Bolaños was starting to get into – he had kind of cracked the code and, and, and developed a formula with regards to being effective um, on the front end and in the final third with regards to assists or goals. So I, I think he's just he, – if he continues to get playing time, if he gets back into the starting lineup, I think Bolaños is going to continue to plow forward with regards to assists. Yeah, and he's still tied for the top right now. So uh, good chance there. I mean, Rogers, you know, a lot of the no co-attack goes through him. So they might have, again, it's the same sort of thing. Uh, The diversified attack versus, you know, all in one guy scenario, but I'll take the guy who's more naturally an attacker than a deep midfielder, you know, defender who's trying to contribute to the attack when it comes to assists. And this is assuming that they don't, you know, short him any other assists either. Yeah, the league loves to short our yeah. players with assists. Oh, um, they love to do that. <laughs> they do. Um, so guys, let's go ahead. Let's talk about uh, next week game coming up and kind of encapsulate all of the two last ten games. Um, big game coming up against Greenville, like we said at the beginning of the show. Greenville dropped points, massive points against Chattanooga, so that means Rich was now top two point lead. Um, not we, we have never had a draw in this series out of the eight games played. Can Richmond kind of correct the wrongs of the last game that happened? The 3 1 beating here in City Stadium. Can Richmond go on the road, correct their wrongs, and increase his lead to five points? Yeah, I don't think I don't think uh, this team is going to get ripped, you know, going straight down the middle again like they did last time. I don't think. You know, Darren will allow that. I don't think the players will allow that you know, to happen again. Uh, you know, so it doesn't mean that it's a guaranteed you know, result for the team. Greenville's obviously still you know quite good, but uh, I don't think we're going to see you know just a repeat performance because that was very atypical of how you know the kickers uh, have been performing this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think um winning. Oh, we got to say My bad. Yeah, I was going to say that I think this game is happening at a very opportune time for the kickers. First of all, we are on a good streak of wins, and not only that, a good streak of away wins. Um, on top of that, um, regardless of, of what team you are, getting beat 5-1 really knocks the wind out of your sails. And thirdly, this is happening at a time where we have so many players coming back from injury and getting back into form. So I, I really feel that, you know, you've got Bolaños, you've got um, uh, Payne, you've got our, our two center backs. And, and I, I think it's one of the reasons why um, Darren took off Zaka and moved uh, Dakota up to the, to the sixth position 
in order to have Ani and Chrysler in the back because that is his original plan of the center backs. And he, I think he wanted to keep, to, to, to kind of rekindle that chemistry between those two guys that was so great at the beginning of the season before the injury happened. And also to keep Dakota on the field just in case there's a, maybe a little bit of rust in that chemistry. So I, I, which, which I really commend Darren for, which is a very, very smart move. Um, but these types of things, that chemistry being rekindled, pain being, uh, get coming, getting some playing time back out on the field and getting himself uh, game ready. Bolaños uh, looking like he's game ready. And this is when we're about to go up against Greenville. It's, it's perfect timing in my opinion. Yeah. It's real quick to add to your point. That original starting lineup for Greenville was, um, we had a carrier and goal, of course, but it was Payne, Chrysler, Dakota, Richie, the back four, Candela, Zaka, Ethan is the midfield, Gordon, Chizagi, Baima as your front three. Of course, because that's the game that Jonathan Bolaños went down with that knock right before the game started. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah well, and, uh, so that this shows you this game we have Neil <laughs> back in, uh, which Neil, who has been very, very – extremely dangerous in these past few games um, in terms of the service that he brings. I mean, we didn't even talk about in the, the, the Tucson game, that chance that we had even before Tucson scored the goal where um, Terzaghi and, and Neil kind of linked up to almost, and, and almost Terzaghi almost putting it in uh, bar a good save from, from the Tucson goalkeeper. Um, Neil is, is, is a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous playmaker. And we didn't have him last time. So I, I think we are going to take the health insurance cup this, this game. Which is not even a trophy anymore. It's been discontinued. Yeah, unfortunately. unfortunately. I mean, I'm still calling it that. I'm still going to call it the health insurance cup. Unfortunately. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a key matchup for us. And I think if Darren, once again, going to throw the quote out there because he said it, um, if Richmond wants to become the king instead of being the prince, these are the matchups that matters. You know, these are the games that matters. It's an important road game because um, I think Richmond is now starting to debunk that myth of Richmond performance poorly in the road. And if you really want to show it, going to Greenville, it's a hostile environment. Come out of there with a win, you know, not a draw, but a win. Um, and then go and show that performance again against Fuego in a game that, <clears throat> I'm still willing to call an anomaly. Like that game is an anomaly. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, that that's important to show. And I think that's the next progression for this Richmond Kickers team. Um, Cause like, like I said, you, you have 10 games left um, to solidify everything up to, to finish off the season strong Four of those are at home. The rest of them are on the road on the road. You, you're going to go into places. Let me pull up the schedule real quick. Greenville, uh, Omaha, uh, yeah. Madison, Tormenta. Like, yeah. They're kind of, you know, kind of the strong, I, I would say the upper echelon of USL League One teams. You know? Yes. So if this team wants to prove, like, hey, we are, we're one of the big boys up here. We're, you know, we're, we're knocking down this door. Go prove it against Union Monroe. Go prove it against Reeve Monroe. Go prove it against Chattanooga. And, um, and matter of fact, Chattanooga. I don't think we. Yeah, we have not picked up points ever in Chattanooga, right, Matt? I don't think so. Away, no. 
Yeah. So that's another proverbial monkey to, you know, get off your back. Um, you, you've done that so far. And also, kudos to this team, Richmond. They finally did a sweep. Uh, three games up, three games, you know, down against SC Tucson. So that's good to see as well. Um, any last things, guys, before we wrap up that I'm forgetting? Uh, oh, do we, have, do we have any other sweeps? That, no. uh, that are that could happen or um, no? Um, hold on. Uh, no. Well, no, no, no. The uh, Union Omaha, there's a possibility there to kind of do a gentleman sweep, um, Chattanooga gentleman sweep, Greenville. Yeah, I think we drop points against everybody else at some point. Yeah, so Tucson's the only sweep this year. But you have possibilities for gentleman sweeps against Chattanooga, Tormenta, Union Omaha. No, we lost to Chattanooga. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah we did. So, yeah, Union Omaha, Tormenta. That's, that's it. it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Everyone else we lost a game to. Well, again, that that this is something that I've said before. This is showing the, the competitiveness of this league. Um, apart from Tucson, I, I say I, I can think we can still say that it's safe to say that almost every team still has a chance of being in the playoffs or not being in the playoffs, and and that that's that's showing uh, that's that's really showing how this league is it, it's really really tight and really competitive. Which is entertaining, you know. It's entertaining. You never know what you're gonna get week in, week out. Also, real quick before we end, I totally forgot to mention it. Um, we got the Emmy documentary coming up. They dropped the trailer. I think it was yeah. either Thursday or Friday. Um, mm-hmm. for those who haven't seen it, we'll put it on our social media page, uh, River City ninety three. Follow us there. Um, it's a really good documentary, and like I'm looking forward to watching this. Um, I got the chance to ask Emmy a couple of questions about it where. He one he only he also mentioned asking the question about when he came close to thinking about retirement. He was like, "Yeah, like I, I was really close to retirement." I think he's kind of said like twenty four forty eight hours. If if he never got the offer from Richmond, he was going to hang up his boots. He would have obviously stayed in football, probably coaching or something. But obviously, when it never came to the United States, and it's great to see how it worked out. Thirty plus goals later. <laughs> Yeah, thirty plus goals later, two uh, two back to back golden boots and MVPs. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's safe to say. Um, and also another thing that I forgot to mention: this man over here. This God darn it! This is audio format, Elliot. You can use right. your words. Yeah, <laughs> um, Matt Myers. I was trying to point my finger in your direction. Um, You've dropped another player on our list, uh, top twenty, top thirty list. Mm-hmm. Um, so make sure you go check that out on our website. Yeah, they're going to start awesome. coming a little more quickly now. Yeah, it is. Probably, it yeah. is. It's going to start coming up quickly. Uh, definitely with the season uh, coming to an end. But any last things, guys, before we uh, wrap up the show? Rankings. Uh, we can do that. Yeah. Off- we'll do that. Let's do that offline because that might take a while. Yeah, yeah. We'll do that two games, but. Uh, we might tweet it out there where the yeah, power put, rankings are. I'll put it out there, uh, you know, 
can follow me at RVA's Red on Twitter. I'll put it out there what the uh, standings are looking like two-thirds of the way through the season. Yeah, two-thirds of the season. Guys, can you believe it? We're two-thirds of the season know, through. It's, it's a little wild to think about, right? Right. It's crazy to think about. It's crazy to think about. Um. So, yeah, for Matt, Shanir, my name is yeah, Elliot. Uh, you can follow the show always at River City 93 You can follow us on all plat- podcast platforms. Um. So, yeah, with that being said, we will holler at you guys next week. Thank <laughs> you.